0: Now with more revelations from the Mueller report, it includes new details about Russia's interference in the 2016 election and how the Kremlin targeted at least two states. Our Chief Justice correspondent Pierre Thomas is in Washington with all the latest on that. Good morning, Pierre.
1: Amy, good morning. Today, the Kremlin is calling the Mueller report a, quote, waste of money. But the truth is, the Mueller report details an audacious effort by the Russian government to impact and interfere with the 2016 election. First, a Russian intelligence team targeted hundreds of email accounts used by Clinton campaign employees, advisors, and volunteers. They hacked the DNC and other Democratic Party computer networks, stealing hundreds of thousands of documents. And Mueller identified at least two states that were targeted, As well, Illinois, where the Russians stole information related to thousands of voters, and according to Mueller, the FBI believes the Russians gained access to at least one Florida County computer network. Next, the Russians engaged in social media warfare, pushing out reams of bogus news stories and advertisings, all aimed at sowing divisions among Americans on issues like race and immigration. And George, get this, the Russians were even able to use their covert social media campaign to organize rallies here in America, some of which were attended by hundreds of people. All this activity, Mueller said, was done to hurt Hillary Clinton and to help then-candidate Trump, George. It was a broad,
2: audacious effort. Okay, Pierre, thanks very much. This been our Chief Legal Analyst Dan Abrams, a former New Jersey governor. Chris Christie, also an ABC News contributor right now. Okay, so Russia interfered, no criminal conspiracy established by Robert Mueller by engaging between the Trump campaign and Russia, but the big open question now, and we heard uh, both Sarah Sanders and, and Congressman Nadler address it, what did Mueller intend to say about who should look at obstruction, and why couldn't he reach a decision? Well, look, I don't think that Mueller is specifically addressing head-on the question of who should be addressing it. But implicit in what he's saying is the Office of Legal Counsel precedent that no sitting president can be indicted impacted everything that we did. If you, if you take that at face value, the only other way to hold a president accountable Is Congress because the whole point of the office of legal counsel memo is in effect it's not a prosecutor's job to hold the president accountable that would be something left to Congress.
0: Yeah listen I agree with Dan I've said that from the beginning that I thought Mueller was going to be hamstrung by the OLC opinion and that uh, and that's the way it should be you know, in my view, the way it should be is the way the Constitution has it, which is if a president is engaged in conduct that we believe has gone over the line, it's for Congress to make that so then decision. Mueller
2: shouldn't have stepped in.
0: Well, listen, I, I don't think, and, and A and B, I don't, I don't think that Mueller should have gone into. I think he was in a real tough spot. Dan and I were talking about this earlier. Once he started to go down the road of saying, "Well, I can't, I can't charge him," you're going to do what Comey did to Hillary, which is he puts out all this information but I'm not gonna charge you and let someone else decide. Um, And that puts the president in a really unfair and difficult position as well. Although once you're the special counsel and you start to look, you have an obligation to report under the statute. So that's why yesterday was so confusing in part as you're going through the report, especially those first two pages, George, where Mueller's trying to explain why he didn't bring charges. And what I concluded, and I think Dan did too, was that the OLC opinion was the overriding reason that he just kept hands off and said, go go elsewhere
2: this also paint a pretty unflattering picture of what was going on inside this White House, this culture of lying that George was just pressing Sarah Sanders on. It's going to be seems like it could be really hard for them to go out and claim fake news every day when they've got very serious questions this morning about their own credibility. Well, 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 I mean, this report actually verified some of the very news that has been called fake uh, in the past. And of course, that's a problem. Uh, When you look at this in its totality, it's a, it's a damning document. I mean, I think that in the obstruction section, there are sections, not all the 10 of them, but there are three of them, maybe, where it seems pretty clear that Mueller is saying this would be a crime. I mean, he goes through an analysis, a three part analysis on each of these, and it sounds like he's saying that mm-hmm. this is obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. but for coming back to this issue of the fact that a sitting president can't be indicted. So this notion that this is uh, somehow clears the president and that this shows uh, that he's been exonerated is, is absurd. May? Well, go ahead.
0: And, and I'd say, listen, to answer your question directly on the White House, I'd say the answer is yes and no. Right, so certainly some of the things that the president was engaged in, you know, trying to encourage Don McGahn to lie about what went on regarding his direction to fire Bob Mueller is is bad, really bad. On the other hand, Don McGahn's conduct in all this is extraordinarily laudable. On the
2: White House Council. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think, you know, and a number of other people, like Corey Lewandowski, who refused to do so. Who some basically things.
2: said no to the president. Right,
0: right. And, and, and you look at it, the people who had the longest term association with the president were the ones inside that building who were looking at him and saying, no, this is a bad idea, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Reince Priebus deserves some credit as well for, for trying to control the DOJ situation with Jeff Sessions. So I think it's both. As you know, I've been critical of a lot of the White House staff over the course of the years but, but a few of these folks, you know, Reince and Corey on the outside, Don McGahn, deserve some credit, real credit for standing you up. Think
2: about what we're celebrating here, right? We're cele- you're celebrating they the fact the that, that people in the, in the inner circle stopped the president from doing something. And had they uh, not... And had they not... It I mean, it's kind of point. stunning.
0: It, it, it is. <laughs> but I will tell you that Richard Nixon probably looked back on it and thought that, wished that he had people who <laughs> had done that for him, you know, and we would have been a much and, worse situation. And I'm sure President Trump will appreciate your comparison to Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the morning we're in, Dan. It's the morning we're in.
2: Thank you, guys.